You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome back to the Acme Packing Company I Love Gold podcast. A little bit later edition, I am Tyler Brooke, joined alongside Chris Burke. Chris, thanks for joining me. I know you've had a long day. Yeah, uh, you know, the song Manic Monday, you know, sometimes that uh, that's the truth. Um, definitely one of those days, um, it, you know, nice to be able to get, you know, have a stress-free weekend of football because the Packers definitely gave us their load worth on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, very Manic Monday. Yeah, uh, I didn't know. I don't, you know, we can go on rants a little bit later about Thursday night football, but you are right. Kind of the going into a Sunday where you don't have to stress about your team playing is always kind of nice. Maybe it wouldn't have felt the same way if the Packers had lost, but you know, a win is a win. So why don't we go ahead and get into it? Obviously, thank goodness. We had a couple of days to digest that game because once again, you know, we have the San Francisco game, the Cincinnati game this year, once again, just another absolutely wild, wild ending from the green Bay Packers who are now seven and one. Uh, and continue to lead by a wide margin in the NFC North. Yeah, um, nice when the entire division loses yesterday. Um, but I mean, the division at this, at the pace they're going, they'll have this wrapped up by uh, by Thanksgiving, let alone their bye um, at the pace things are going. So, you know, obviously winning the North, you know, Matt LaFleur always talks about winning the North is first. You know, obviously this gives them a heads up, um, knee up on Arizona in terms of, home field but uh yeah fantastic fantastic win quality win i don't know what it is about that stadium and wacky endings but uh you know all the way things keep falling they won't have to, they'll have to come to green bay we won't have to go back there so obviously that's a uh that's a win it's crazy that you know after week one the conversation about the one seed is already back in play like in full swing the fact that packers fans had to maybe root for the vikings on sunday night football just to have another, you know, one loss NFC team go down, you know, that's a pretty damn good situation to be in considering everything seemed like it was on fire the first week of the season. Uh, So we obviously have to give a huge, you know, huge shout out to Matt LaFleur, but first and foremost, you know, what went wrong for Arizona, Chris, they mocked the belt again. They did. I believe it was, it was Chandler Jones this time. Correct. From what I from what I read, I did not see it on broadcast, but from what I read, I think he broke up a screen pass and then proceeded to do the belt five or six times. Oh man, that's you're you're playing with fire at that point. I mean, obviously it wasn't Rodgers that caught fire, but the rest of the team sure buried it. I mean, there there we really need somebody needs to do a deep study on when they mock the belt. Um, because it, it never ends well. Um, I mean, it didn't end up as uh that's Stephen Tullock that tore the ACL for Detroit. You know, it wasn't quite that bad, but Oh boy, I came back to bite him. I mean, yeah, it's it's just crazy that this keeps happening. I don't know why people are so foolish, I guess you could say, but 
just the real reason they did win, you know, jokes about mocking the belt aside is just another brilliant, brilliant, brilliant game plan from the Packers. Even if it wasn't always executed the cleanest, uh, the reason they won this game was the plan that they had in place. You had no Joe Barry. You had no Devonte Adams. You had no Alan Lazard. And that's on top of all of the other injuries they've been dealing with all season. And for you to come out with these, you know, slow, methodical offensive possessions, really controlled the possession game, especially early on. And then you had this solid defensive plan that helped you get a lead the first, you know, two and a half quarters, got some pressure on Kyler, got some turnovers. Uh, I don't understand, uh, you know, why we're not getting more coach of the year talk for LaFleur, but this game plan is the reason they won this game. Yeah, he had them ready to go. And as far as the game plan, or as far as the coach of the year consideration, I don't know what else it's going to take. I don't know if it's the, oh, he's got Aaron Rodgers excuse, but uh, I'd like to point out to people if I can just go off a little bit off the game here. Please you know, do. Aaron Rodgers was, I don't want to say in decline, but he was not playing his best football 27, 2018, his last two years under McCarthy. 2019, eh, okay. But last year he brought back to an MVP result. LaFleur did something. That's He's got to get some credit for that. For I don't want to say Rodgers' career was off track, for, but for getting him to be back to being, you know, like we call Godgers, you know, playing in a God <laughs> mode for playing, you know, lighting up the stat sheet again. He's got to get some credit for that. And he's got, he got Aaron Rodgers to buy in. You know, we all know how stubborn Aaron Rodgers can be. He got Rodgers to buy in, you know. He's described Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur as mad scientists. You know, he loves the coaching staff. He said that multiple times, even in that first press conference back, how much he loves the coaching staff. So I don't know what else it's going to take to get Matt LaFleur some respect. But other than that phenomenal game plan, I mean, not a very, you know, when you think the past 20 years of Packers football, you don't think smash mouth, you know, punching people in the mouth kind of a thing. That's what they did. They were hammering A.J. Dillon with, you know, right at the uh, Arizona defensive line. And you don't see that out of the Packers too often. You know, that's phenomenal to see. So I love that game plan because it was not what I was expecting. But when you've got a, I don't want to call them a finesse team, but they kind of are a finesse team in Arizona, just busting their chops really kind of worked out. Yeah, it was a solid bounce back game for Dillon. And I love to see that. I know he had that off game um, a week ago and had a couple fumbles. So to see him 16 carries for 78 yards, uh, you know, and a lot, a lot of those yards came after contact. Uh, it was one of the situations where, you know, they found that mismatch with him and just decided we're going to keep riding this, you know, except for a couple instances right near the goal line, which still defies all logic. Uh, but he was a huge part of the running game. The team had 151 rushing yards total which is just awesome to see. Uh, I think it's just a credit to, you know, regardless of the personnel out there, they're going to find what is a weakness against the defense with the personnel they have out there. And they're going to make that game plan work, even if it's not always pretty. Um, another thing I wanted to point out about that offensive game plan is just, you know, what did you think about the wide receivers out there? Obviously no MVS, no Devante, no Lizard. You had guys practically off the streets out there. So I'm just curious what you thought. Yeah, I thought, you know, all things considered, you know, with the hand they were dealt, I thought they handled it well. I mean, I don't think we, anybody was expecting Aaron Rodgers to go off for 400 yards, but I mean, they played, they were smart. They block, I mean, the, the blocking still was phenomenal. I mean, I, Alan Lazard is the best blocking receiver in the league, but without him, I thought they handled it very well. Um, Joan Winfrey especially showed quite a bit. So I, 
you know, I, it's a, it's a great depth building game. You know, I call it last week on the, on the podcast. I said, Oh, this might be that Quinemia St. Brown game. Wasn't quite there, but uh, you know, he still, he still played very well. And I think, you know, as far as a depth standpoint and giving the Packers more option and personnel down the road, um, I thought they showed quite a bit of promise and there might be some options down the road for Matt LaFleur. I'm glad you touched on the blocking it. I'll never get over it. I, t- I talk about it any chance I get just the amount of effort and technique that entire group does on the roster uh, is truly amazing. And I'm also glad you brought up Winfrey. I-, I like the way he moves out there. I know that's just like a very generic thing to say about a guy. Um, but you know, the way he moves in space is very intriguing to me. I really genuinely hope he gets a little bit more run. I don't realistically see that happening anytime soon with, you know, realistically all three receivers coming back this week, knock on wood. Um, but I hope he stays around. It was very interesting to see him out there. Um, and also, you know, we got to talk about it. Randall Cobb finding the end zone a couple more times. Uh, one on that cheap shot Rogers took going into the ground that became, you know, the meme of the week uh, with his helmet slightly off. Uh, and then another clutch one in the slot. Just, man, how good of a signing has that been? You know, Rogers probably had a point in the past. I mean, I knew, I think we all knew, you know, the Cobb still had some football left. But, man, assistant GM Rogers really, uh, really kind of had the, uh, really had, uh, really nailed that one. Uh, but that, I mean, phenomenal signing. You know, if it makes the quarterback happy and your offense better, I mean, what else, what else can you say? Um but regarding, you know, that, that me, I mean, we've all seen it already, you know, and Roger said it best. The internet is undefeated, which is true, but you know, who else isn't undefeated? The Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> it, the satisfaction of watching a shell of a team of a green Bay team go out there and beat an undefeated team on the road uh, in a p- fairly hostile environment, you know, Packers fans always travel well, but uh, the yeah, the meme material was phenomenal. I'm, I'm still thinking of that one. Uh, we got a couple other Rogers was just on the internet a lot this weekend. Um, so we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But man, you know, suddenly after all this talk week one of everything falling apart, do you think the Packers are the best team in the NFL right now? Where would you rank them? Oh, that oh, you know, I my Twitter mentions might light up, but I, I don't know, I would not say so right now. Um, just because I know Tampa Bay lost, but the NFC right now is absolutely stacked. Dallas got a quality win. Um, but I still, I still, there's something about the Rams and that defense right now. They got Von Miller today. I think um, it's the Rams. I agree with you. I don't think it's the Rams right now. Matthew Stafford, God bless him. Um, got free of that horrible organization in Detroit and has just, uh, you can see what a change of scenery can do to some players. But I think right now, again, you know, we were talking the Packers are playing the best team in Arizona. They're going to be doing that against the Rams in a couple of weeks. Um, I think that that really, I think, might, again, that could be where the one seed comes down to. The Packers are going to be facing, because they don't play Dallas and they don't play Tampa Bay this year. Uh, they're going to face another game that uh, could come down to the one seed. Um, but the NFC is absolutely loaded. But uh, I'd say they're better than any AFC team for sure. So I put them, you know, I hate power rankings, but I'd say they're a top three for sure. Probably I would go. LA and then probably Tampa and Green Bay interchangeable, but I still would put Tampa maybe a hair above Green Bay um, right now. As, as far as teams I wouldn't want to play right now, if I was Green Bay, I do still think Buffalo is a really damn good football team. Every time I watch them, I'm just continue to be impressed with Josh Allen. They got pieces everywhere. Uh, Los Angeles is the one that absolutely scares me. Um, I 
have always loved Matt Stafford. I think that guy is an absolute gamer with a killer arm. So uh, it, it's one of those weird things where I'm rooting for him, you know, until he plays Green Bay. Um, I don't know how much Von Miller moves the needle, actually. It's a big signing. Don't get me wrong. That's a big trade. Uh, but that defense is already has so much talent. Um, man, I would say the Packers are top five. I, I wouldn't touch Tampa Bay. Kansas City could always turn it around. Um, even the Cowboys, I don't know what's going on there. I'm still, a part of me is convinced Mike McCarthy's going to screw that up. Um, but credit to him. He's, it feels like he's staying relatively hands off with the offense of letting Kellen Moore run the show. So, you know, when that's happening and they got some pieces on defense, like they're really coming together. And that's one that's kind of scary, at least unless the Packers have to play in Jerry world and then maybe not so scary. Well, yeah. And, you know, as far as the way the situation, the, we were all remember three years ago, because after all this praise was being sung about Matt LaFleur, I actually, I don't know why I would decide to go down the rabbit hole, but I was watching, I pulled up some YouTube videos of all the NFL, the breaking news story after McCarthy got fired. And that's not even three years ago, just how fortunate the Packers were, but also Mike McCarthy seems to be doing okay. I know, you know, the whole Kellen Moore thing, but you know, McCarthy succeeding in the Packers thriving without him, I think is just as good of a situation as that could have ended. So I'm happy for him until they got a plan. Yep. Um, well, we should probably keep talking about the game, but I just got a little sidetracked just thinking, man, but you beat the undefeated, the last undefeated team. You know, people are going to start asking those questions. Um, I think a big reason they are maybe not there quite yet. Offense is still figuring itself out. And then, you know, the defense, uh, it, it's starting to come together as well. Uh, I'm seeing some pretty divisive takes on here about the defense, Chris. Are you, are you buying into it? Are you a believer? Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely am. They don't, they're missing Zadarius Smith. Preston Smith was back. I mean, albeit, I don't know if he was 100%. They're missing Jair. Um, Eric Stokes has been playing okay. I mean, he took kind of had a little bit of a rough game. Um, but, I mean, you're, they put a rookie up against DeAndre Hopkins, so I'm not going to berate him too much. That's fair. I, I am I'm definitely buying um, what I'm seeing just because once they get all their pieces back, that defense is going to be scary. I legitimately believe um, Zadarius Smith showed up in Green Bay, so, hey, he may actually get some play this year. Um, so I really I'm, – I'm buying right now. But the big Rashawn Gary game is coming too. It, I don't know when it's going to come, but it's coming. It might have happened last week. I mean, he was an absolute tear when I turned on the film. I swear he was getting pressure every other play. Um, no, I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about stat. I'm talking about sacks here. Let me stat stuffers. Let me the big break. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we, I, you know, we've we've got people who are box score watchers who aren't going to watch and see that he's absolutely wrecking the line of scrimmage. But as far as showing up on the stat sheet, you know, on the box score, that's where people are really going to start to, yep. put respect on his name. Yeah, I mean, if you just asked me, I would say that he's already a premier pass rusher, which is just, it's phenomenal. Love to see it. Love. I did a film study piece last week. If you guys want to go on Acme Packing Company, look for it. Um, broke down Rashawn Gary, and uh, he is winning without just being a straight line rusher right now. The technique is refined. He's winning around the edge, bending it. Uh, I wish he'd still fix his freaking outside containment in the run game. But man, as a pass rusher, it is awesome to see. Um, the star of the defense this week, though, Rasul freaking Douglas. We talked about him when he got signed on the pod. And I just remember saying, yeah, I remember watching him at West Virginia. Kind of liked him. And then I kind of forgot he existed. So for him to come off Arizona's practice squad, only playing Green Bay for a few weeks, 
And then not only have that game winning interception, but he played his ass off that game. He had something like nine tackles. He had a couple pass breakups and that pick. I mean, it was in my eyes, the Rasul Douglas revenge game. And who doesn't love a good revenge game, right? I mean, it's a, uh... I, you know, when they plucked him off the Arizona practice squad, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, some depth, but who he, um, not a liability in coverage, solid tackler. I mean, that interception, okay. AJ green didn't turn his head to look at the ball, but that still was kind of a tough catch to make. Um, that wasn't exactly a gift throw from Kyler Murray, but, uh, yeah. Oh, what a, what a signing by Gutekunst. Um, you know, when you pluck somebody off the, uh, another team's practice squad, you're, you're, like I said, you're thinking depth, but man, he's a contributor and, I'm just, again, once they, you know, they start getting healthy, you can start, you know, diversifying those coverages a little bit. And Joe Barry can get a little wild if he really wants to. Um, but I think phenomenal signing, value signing. I think he's a, he's a hot pick to be brought back for next year. I, I don't think you would disagree with that. Oh, no, not at all. It's the way he's playing is an extremely high level. Uh, this into the Devondre Campbell signing or how you win executive of the year. I do think it would be absolutely hilarious if Brian Gutekunst won executive of the year, the year that Rogers tried to leave. Um, but the signings he's making and somehow convincing Rogers to stay all of that in my eyes warrants at least a discussion. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes, but I will say Rasul man, uh, best freaking celebration to end a game ever is just catch that ball, get like five feet in and then just wave bye to the crowd. That shot of that defeated Cardinals fan right next to him is just, that was a chef's kiss. That was so perfect. Yeah, the double, the double head palm, face palm. I don't know if that, that was more of a head head palm, but I think his face. That was, was a. I think that was a surrender cobra. Oh uh, yeah, maybe that's what that was. But I mean, oh my, that what a shot to end the game. I mean, I think I saw his soul left his leave his body in that one. Has you know we can move on from Rasul, but I hope I hope he continues playing this level. It's been a great few weeks for him. Has. Dean Lowry finally figured it out consistently. I mean, it throughout his Packers career, he's had those flashes. Um, the past few weeks, he has turned it on pretty regularly, uh, and he is already tied for a career high in sacks. Yeah, you know, we were starting to wonder. He was starting to become a popular cut candidate, but the consistency is finally arriving. I mean, we've all we've all been talking about you know finding a a playmate for Kenny Clark along the defensive line, but Maybe that's maybe Lowry has actually become that. Um, I, I mean, I'd still again like to get a veteran D lineman in there, but you know, neither that's neither here nor there at this point. Lowry has been, yeah, very consistent. Generally, he's disrupting the line with Kenny. I mean, having Kenny Clark next to him definitely has helped. But uh, yeah, he's he's really come on as of late. Yeah, I, I wish the depth on the D line because you know there's some guys that have shown some plays at times. T.J. Slayton, um, Kiki. Tyler Lancaster, you know, Heflin doesn't get any playing time, but he's on the practice squad. If one of those guys can start finding a little more consistency as well, you know, that's where the D line finally has some of that depth, but you know, we'll see uh, just an all around good performance, a nice win, seven and one, seven straight wins. Uh, I'm kind of shocked right now. Uh, not something I expected at the beginning of the year, even in my op most optimistic circumstances, you know, before week one would not have guessed seven and one through the first eight games. We talked about this before the 2020 season, like are the Packers due for regression after a 13 and three season? Nope. 13 and three the next year, seven and one this year. What is the Preston Smith tweeted and mocked JJ Watt after the game? You know, people keep trying to find excuses for why we're winning. 
maybe we're just freaking better. Fantastic job on the uh, on the censorship there. Um, I, oh, I had to restrain you. myself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, I just, you know, I can't believe it either. It's we kept thinking they've got to come back. They've got to come back, and maybe we've been underestimating Malafleur a little bit. But the culture they've established, you know, we can talk X's and O's and stats all day, but guys love that lock, that the vibe in that locker room. I wish I had that in my own job because I don't think many of us have that. And if you do, I think you're lying. But uh, we would, I would love to, you know, they, it's a, they, that organization's evolved into somebody that they're in the 21st century now. And Green Bay is almost a hip place to play. So <laughs> I raise a toast to Matt LaFleur. So, uh, man, but yeah, what a start. Well, unless you have anything else, uh, Chris, uh, about the game, we can go into uh, commercials. Nope, that's really it. Uh, that's really all I've got. Just uh, I thought they were going to win that game going away, except for that goal line. But, uh, you know, the W is a W. Oh, yeah, it's that goal line. Well, you know, after these, I guess they're ads, not commercials. Maybe that's just old man soul in me calling them commercials. But anyway, let's get into those and we'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are back. Uh, you know, you brought up before the break, uh, talking about that goal line stand. So why don't we get into our gold zone updates? Uh, Packers went three for five in the red zone this week. And it should have been four for five. Uh, that Aaron Jones touchdown and the end of the fourth quarter inexplicably overturned. I still do not understand why they overturned it. I don't understand why the officials do half the stuff they do. And even in games that <laughs> I don't have stock in, I mean, the, what I do not understand how these there, some of these are not just affecting outcomes of games and some of the salaries of some of these guys, but when you look at how, gambling has gone on those decisions without accountability that are affecting you know money people's money in their pocket without accountability the league's really got to do something on that they fine them you know put picks on their record you know and maybe leading to suspensions you know kind of how you know at our own jobs we get you know so many strikes before we get discipline there's got to be some kind of accountability there but yeah that Aaron Jones touchdown that should not have been overturned I mean we're talking where we don't even need a miracle you know, that interception by Rasul Douglas wouldn't have even been needed had that been called correctly in theory. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know if that's what, I, I don't know what happened there. I don't want to pretend to be an official because I don't, I don't want to, I'll pass out if I try that. So <laughs> I, um, I don't understand that call at all, but you know, what are you going to do? I, um, 
I don't know why they don't do something like the NFL or sorry, the NBA does. Maybe it's because of the ref refs union. Uh, but what I like about the NBA, they always do that for every single game. They do a report of the final two minutes of each game uh, and essentially break down what they got wrong. And I do believe I could be totally wrong. Any basketball fans can tweet me, but I do believe they hold uh, officiate officials accountable for egregious mistakes. So something I very much appreciate the NBA does. Uh, it's an Adam Silver uh, initiative, so it is relatively new. But I'm just convinced that it's something with the union, with the refs, you know, after I feel like they got so much leverage when the replacement refs came in. Uh, oh, my gosh. How long ago was that? Well, almost a decade ago. Wow. I feel old. Um, <laughs> but I think ever since then, they've had so much leverage that, you know, they kind of just there's really not much accountability when they mess up. And I get I will say this. I get it. That is an extremely tough job. I don't think the average human would average football fan could come close to doing that job competently. But there's got to be some kind of balance there, man. But, you know, this isn't the ref update segment. This is the gold zone update. Uh, three for five ain't bad. Packers percentage points did move up. They are now tied for 20th in the league with a little over 57% conversion. Uh, on the more positive note, the defense did technically get another red stop, red zone stop with that Rasul interception. Yeah, we knew, we knew going in that that was going to be a, this was going to be kind of a challenge game. So, I mean, it, you get get the stops when they count. That's what you got to do as a defense, and that's really what the Packers need. So hats off to them. So yeah, they got it. They got another red zone stop. Hey, that's that's five in the last two weeks. You'll take it. Take it any day of the week. Um, speaking of the defense, I did look up some just raw numbers. The efficiency numbers are not there for the Packers right now. Like they're you know lower tier. Maybe it's because they played some you know weaker offenses. But through eight weeks, yes, including that blowout win. Or sorry, whoa, nope. Blowout loss to the Saints. That was definitely not a win. Um, Packers are seventh in yards allowed, ninth in points per game, seventh with nine interceptions, tied for third with 14 takeaways, and tied for sixth with 20, 20 sacks. So, you know, raw numbers there. Uh, defense playing well. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, the, is anybody else seeing? I haven't seen much of it, but if for whatever reason, there's still some people that, are wanted, that think Joe Barry needs to be fired. I mean, come on, that's a winning formula right there. Because you don't need, you know, you don't need to be the 2000 Baltimore Ravens or the 85 Bears when you've got the, the Packers offense. So, I mean, that's that's exactly what the Packers have needed. When they've had a top 10 defense like that, they're usually knocking on the door to a Super Bowl. And I mean, they were last year and they weren't ranked that well. So is that going to be enough to push them over the top? You know, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, definitely encouraging. Well, I do feel confident, and hopefully next week we have a confident update that you know the Packers really bump up their offensive red zone stats uh, going against that abysmal Chiefs offense and what could be a show, shootout, which means plenty of red zone opportunities and potentially with you know a ton of offensive players back. But moving forward on to panning for gold, best segment of the night every time, um, Packers positives. We've talked about them a lot today, but I did want to give another shout-out the campaign is beginning for Matt LaFleur for coach of the year. You know, seven and one. You were talking about seven and one tied for the best record in football right now in games. You've missed games with Bakhtiari, Zadarius, Jair, Elton, Myers, Preston, Devante, Lazard, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, Dominic Daphne. <laughs> you know, you're tied for second most wins all time in their first his first 40 games. And this is the justice stat. I love that he tweets this every time, but after New England's win on Sunday, Bill Belichick would still need to win 376 consecutive games 
in order to match Matt's career win percentage. Uh, I don't know what else the guy has to do to get more coach of the year love. He's going to probably have to, no pun intended, he's going to probably have to win a game with Jordan Love this year to get consideration. I hate to say that. Hope it doesn't come to that. But, I mean, that's that's really the only thing that I think people got to be got to be doing with this is they're, you know, he's, what I appreciate about Matt LaFleur, too, is he's always the first to, something's not right, he'll put the blame on himself. When something goes well, he credits the staff. Class act all the way, exactly what you want as a leader. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else he needs to do either. It's, uh. It's baffling. I mean, maybe the I maybe he's got to win a game with Jordan Love. They'll be like, oh, maybe this guy knows what he's doing. Hope it doesn't come to that, but that might be what it takes. Which, if that's the case, I'd be happy if he doesn't get it. But you know, <laughs> um, that might be what it takes. I don't know. Uh, no, they'll just go sixteen and one, and then he'll get it because I feel like he'd have to. Um, so you know, knock on wood there, uh, Chris. What is your positive this week? I'm going to go with Jerry Gray. Um, okay. Phenomenal okay. Job, phenomenal job stepping in without uh, Joe Barry there. He and Kirk Olivadotti uh, kind of co-coordinating the defense with Joe Barry and the COVID protocol. Um, hope, hope the coach is on the men. Hope we see him back this week. I know Matt LaFleur thought they were going to get him back on Thursday, uh, but I got to give Jerry Gray credit. Number one, just for how he's managed that secondary without Alexander without yes maybe even without Kevin King because you're without your preferred starters say whatever you want about Kevin King's skill set but I mean the the secondary listens to him Aaron Rodgers from what I can tell ODs on him loves loves Jerry Gray um now you got a kind of another sage sage man there it could be a defensive coordinator again someday but uh I thought he called a great game um you know, they, they kept Kyler Murray in check for the most part. I had the fear that uh, Kyler Murray was going to pull a Kaepernick and run all over him, but he didn't. They, they kept him contained, and I, he called a very great, very good game. You know, and it, um, I think he he might be a D coordinator again sometime. I don't know if he wants one, but I, that could be something to watch after this performance. I saw a couple of things I really liked on film. I saw the use of uh, Devontae Campbell's a spy. That's actually how he got his first sack of the season. Um, and then just the way they were reacting when the ball got out. I mean, uh, all this misdirection, these jet sweeps, these swing passes, these screens, uh, you, you were seeing four or five guys immediately fly to the ball. So good, uh, you know, good play calling and also good game plan. Everyone was on the same page. Uh, and that's got to be extremely hard when your you know, defensive coordinator is coaching remotely uh, up until the game. So, yeah, I think that was a good shout out. I appreciated that one. Um, we do have a lot to cover as far as news. Uh, we have, you know, unlike most Monday night recordings, we have some good news, uh, but we should probably get into the bad news first from that game. Uh, Kylan Hill and Robert Tunyon both did suffer season ending knee injuries in Thursday's game. Kylan Hills was that kickoff return out of the end zone, that awful, awful collision with that Cardinals player. Uh, his season is done. Really unfortunate. Was really hoping to see more of him. Uh, losing Tunyon is obviously the big one. Uh, torn ACL. Uh, the good news is it doesn't seem like there's any additional damage outside of the torn ACL. So hopefully a swifter recovery for him, um, regardless of what his future is uh, in Green Bay or not. Uh, hopefully he is ready to play for week one of uh, whatever team he's on next season. Uh, do we see a trade trade happening at tight end before the deadline? I don't know. I know Evan Ingram's name has been thrown around a little bit, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know they like Mercedes in the passing game. I know he's older, but you know, he's kind of your Jack of all trades. Dominique Daphne showed a little bit last year and he's played well this year. So I think that I still think you need to short up in depth, but I don't think you're going to see a big name 
Um, I'd be shocked if Engram came. I'm not going to complain if it happens, um, but I'd be surprised if that ended up happening. So, um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went, if they kept, they kept their own guys. Justice in the Acme Packing Company Slack went uh, a little crazy uh, with dissecting tight ends, let line up at wide receiver basically today. Uh, and he found some names. Uh, the one that the Slack is now calling for is Mo Alley Cox of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, as someone in Indianapolis, I don't see how it happens just because the team loves him. Uh, I would not be mad if it happens though, but keep an eye out. Uh, LaFleur did say today uh, they are going to act, work as hard as possible um, to, you know, consider any moves before the trade deadline. Uh, you know, I probably didn't say the quote as correctly, but at, in the moment, it definitely made it seem like they are going to be very active at looking at someone, multiple people, I'm not sure, uh, before the trade deadline this week. Yeah, so I, I apologize. I must have missed the comment earlier. So had I, had I read that, I would definitely agree they're probably going to go after somebody. I don't think they're going to ride with what they have. I think they have to add somebody, but I know they, I know they like what they've got, but I, yeah, they, they need to add another piece. So I, I don't know. What do you think they can get Evan Engram for? Do you think that's going to be too much of a draft stock that Booty's not going to want to give it up? The report was that they want something higher than a sixth or seventh. Uh, that's hard to give up for this coming year. Uh, you know, hypothetically, you want as much talent as possible on cheap contracts, especially if Rogers knock on wood comes back in 2022. Um, I think you could get him for a 2023 fourth or fifth. Uh, I, I just don't think that situation is going to bear any fruit in New York anymore. Uh, we'll see. I do think he's gone. I don't know if it'll be in Green Bay, but I have a feeling that he will not be a giant after this week. Uh, but we'll see. They could look at other positions besides tight end as well. There are a lot of options out there. You know, you mentioned DL depth. I wouldn't hate that. The one I hold out hope for that I know is not going to happen is um, Brandon Cooks in Houston. Just a phenomenal player that needs to get the hell out of there. Um, there you know, yeah, could. I don't know if they'll look at corner, but I would love a third safety. I haven't really liked what I've seen from Henry Black. I don't know. You know, they're one of those teams that you probably won't hear much about until minutes before it happens. So we'll see. The tread deadline is always funky, and Green Bay doesn't usually do a whole lot. No, but, I mean, if there's anything we've learned with how they've been adding veteran players, I think it's to expect the unexpected, but that also could lead to some false inflated expectations. So we'll have to see what happens, but I think you're right. It's going to come down to the probably the last – last minute because they're the Packers aren't just going to start throwing picks around still not their style it served them well overall so yeah I think it's going to come down probably it's well, it's going to be like a at the buzzer trade but it's going to be awfully close to that and maybe it won't be a huge name you know like obviously Los Angeles made a huge splash with Von Miller but you know the Packers don't want to take on some big contract even if Denver's paying a lot of that salary um you know they might just make a depth signing or trade so you know I think anything's good I appreciate the way they've been making these in-season acquisitions i mean that's how you got rasul douglas so you know keep an eye on that that we'll, we will see um let's get into the good news you know we have some good injury news and quite a bit of it uh we'll start with the covid news uh, joe barry and Devonte adams are on track to return to the team on thursday i'm not exactly sure what that means maybe it means that they tested negative today um i honestly have no idea uh, but that's good news. And then Alan Lazard was reactivated off the COVID-19 list. He is unvaccinated, but he did not test positive during his close contact period. So he's back with the team. You know, just those three moves aside, as long as that they're all back, those are just absolutely massive wins compared to last week. 
Yeah, that's almost like a trade deadline win right there, right? I mean, it's yeah. getting all those guys back. Um, my guess with, with in regards to Devontae and Joe Barry is that Tuesday is traditionally an off day for them, if I'm not mistaken. So if they test a negative today, I don't know if they test on off days, but I, I'm guessing that's probably what they're assuming if I were mm. reading between the lines. But I'm not a I'm not a scientist in this matter. So that's why, you know, we kind of all thought, you know, Thursday seemed seemed really arbitrary, but that's that's kind of my theory. But you know, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, that'll be good to get everyone back, especially with the Chiefs looming. Yep. Um, you know, the, the good news is outside of the COVID ones, they may be getting some more firepower as well. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is finally back at practice. And I believe he's finally designated to return off injured reserve. Massive, massive news. Was a little worried when his hamstring wasn't fully healthy after, you know, three weeks off. So, you know, hey, you'll take it, man. Um, fully healthy. He was getting open a lot deep, even if they weren't finding him deep. Uh, I am very curious. Do you think if he plays this week, he gets a huge TD? Oh, you'd love to see it. I mean, a hamstring is such a tricky injury. We saw that with years for Clay Matthews. You know, he'd sneeze and he'd seem like he'd pull a hammy. But, uh, you know, he's – I'd I'd love to see it because I think the pack that offense is missing that vertical threat. They they keep kidding the 24-point mark these last few games. But I would love to see them – I would love to see them uh, pull off a uh, long touchdown run. I think that'd be exactly what they need. I think it's a really good opportunity. I like you said to get past 24 points and I would absolutely love to see one of those chief secondary broken plays where I believe it's, is it Daniel Sorensen that gives them up and then Teron Matthews in front of him, just with his arms out, like what the hell are you doing? You know, would love to see another one of those screen grabs from this game. But the fact that you go from, you know, this, shell crew on Thursday night to potentially your top three wide receivers all coming back. So then it looks a lot nicer when you got Devante Lazard MVS and Cobb out there. So it's been a while since we saw that. And that was while the offense was trying to figure itself out early on the year uh, against a weak defense, real opportunity for a bunch of points. And to add on even to that, uh, Matt LaFleur said that a decision has been made on Bakhtiari. who has been practicing for the past couple of weeks returning on Sunday, but he would not say what that decision is. To me, that just screams, you made the decision Monday. He's he's freaking playing. He's playing. He's got to be back. Yeah, I, I, I tweeted earlier today. I'm like, I would not, because LaFleur even smirked a little bit. And I'm like, I would not want to play poker with Matt LaFleur. I mean, I would want to play poker against Matt LaFleur. I mean, that's such that's such a hell. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if Bakhtiari isn't playing this week. But could be a, could be the old switcheroo. Who knows? So close to having everyone healthy. If all of these guys are back and playing, I think you're just missing, you're just missing Myers. Is that it? That's, uh, yeah, that would be, that would be it. I mean, I can, I can live with Lucas Patrick at center for a little longer. Getting Ellen back inside is going to help tremendously. Um, So that uh, I, I, they can punt on the center for a little bit if Myers isn't ready to go. Yeah, I'm very comfortable in saying that Patrick is not a liability. Uh, he, and he does make some genuinely good plays every every game. He makes a couple. So I think you're right there. Uh, man, I keep forgetting about put, kicking Elton Jenkins inside, man. Uh, we haven't seen him at guard in so long. It's going to be nice because, you know, as good as a tackle as he is, he is a legitimate all-pro guard and can't wait to see him just kind of mauling guys. That's kind of what the run game is needed, especially with Aaron Jones. Um, and, man. 
got me excited thinking about that. <laughs> Hopefully we finally get to see that on Sunday. Uh, that's all the news we have, uh, you know, recording on Monday night. Uh, potentially we'll have some trade news in the coming days on the feed. So stay tuned for that, but we will go ahead and close out with our gold rush. Uh, and we got to start, man, you know, Aaron Rodgers, John wick were you a fan thought it was a good costume. I thought it was a good costume, but I'm going to shock everybody and say, I've never seen any of the John wick movies. Cause I, this is going to sound really bad, but I am not the biggest fan of Keanu Reeves. Um, not sure what it is about him. Since speed, I don't know. There's, I, I'd like to make the matrix is pretty to look at, but there's something about Keanu Reeves. I'm sorry. I just don't like, but as far as the look and the photograph side-by-side comparison, that was phenomenal. So now I think, you know, the other debate is, are we going to see Aaron Rodgers with short hair this week? You know, are we on hair watch? I don't know. I don't know if he's going to cut the hair or not. I'd be interested to see what he does. Uh, we, actually, we actually are on hair watch. Uh, he has not cut his hair yet. <laughs> I saw some practice updates. They are trying to, I saw, I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was Matt Schneidman, but he was like, Rodgers did not cut his hair today. Uh, I think he's going to keep it. I, I have my own qualms with that. I've never been a long hair guy. I had a buzz cut from like, oh my gosh, I had a buzz cut for like 15 years until I was of legal drinking age. So I've never been a long hair guy. So it makes me a little like, I have so many questions about how you maintain that, all that stuff. Aren't you worried it's going to get too long and someone might pull on it? Uh, I don't know. My bets, no, my bets, no, he's not going to cut it. No, but I mean, if somebody pulls his hair, I mean, that's, that's an egregious personal, that's a foul in the NBA, the NFL, that's probably a fine. So that, I mean, that, that would hurt. That'd be targeting the head, right? Uh, it is totally legal to pull on someone's hair. you got to be kidding me. That, that is a legitimate rule. I, yeah, it's always been legal because it's not like a equipment piece or anything like that. Well, that's uh, right. There was a thing about somebody got pulled on by their dreadlocks and it wasn't flagged. I remember that now. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Might have been I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I vividly remember that from back in the day. I think it was something back in the day about just trying to encourage them to have short hair, which is just like... I always think that's a preposterous thing. Like the New York Yankees, like you got to get your hair cut. It's freaking stupid. But <laughs> I digress. That's neither here nor there. Mattingly, shave those sideburns from the old Simpsons. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, obviously the Packers did have a, like a party with a bunch of the guys. Saw some really good costumes outside of Rogers. Uh, you know, Randall Cobb dressed as Kanye West. Uh, saw, saw a couple others. Uh, but Mercedes Lewis might have won the day with Bane. Did you get to see his Bane outfit? I did, and I'm, I was a little surprised when I saw Bane. I, I initially I thought it was going to be Rashawn Gary because you know they, the Bane Gary references. Yeah. But I, I was a little surprised to see Mercedes Lewis, but man, that that almost looked like a Dark Knight Rises replica costume. I was impressed. Yeah, he really pulled off the look too. It was it was badass. I, I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, a lot of good ones. I, I enjoy always. It's one of my favorite things. Like I'm not the biggest Halloween guy, which I know is kind of sad. But I love seeing all the athletes, like NBA players walking in through the tunnel, all that stuff. So I always like seeing the guys that get really creative with it. Uh, you know, whether or not you like LeBron James, I thought his Freddy Krueger or whatever was very impressive this year. Um, you know, these people that go all out, I really respect it. Uh, I do not have the money to get that kind of uh, cosmetics. Oh, yeah, another random one I just want to shout out. Uh, the musical artist The Weeknd uh, did uh, The Godfather and it was really freaky i don't know if you saw that i i, I didn't but uh kind of was it the marlon brando type look did they actually he off? no he did like prosthetics across his entire face that he looked exactly like him it was very you should oh. just google it chris it'll freak you out 
Um, it's not a sports thing, but I, I felt like I, it was worth, if you're listening to this and haven't seen it yet, just Google it, The Weekends. Oh, wow. Thought, okay, yeah. wow. That is, wow. Whoa. Like, it, you know, knowing Marlon Brando's been dead for a while, that is just, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, tip of the hat there. That's impressive. <laughs> I always love that. It's one of my favorite parts of that Halloween weekend. Um, but moving on, only other thing I had for the gold rush, you know, Rogers had the memes. He had the John Wick stuff. I absolutely loved him dancing to Pooh Shiesty, but that might be that might be a little too. Uh, I might be aging myself ahead of you, Chris, uh, as far as who Pooh Shiesty is. Um, but last thing I had was Aaron Rodgers did give a million dollars away in Bitcoin today, uh, and actually a few of our colleagues, including our corporate overlord, got like what is it like one ten thousandth of a Bitcoin today? So that works out to like what ten bucks ish? It was like ten bucks, yeah. Wow, uh, God, the things I miss when I'm at work. Things I miss when I'm at work. That's crazy. It, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I obviously not to be outdone by Tom Brady, who gave the Bitcoin to that guy with that uh, 600th touchdown. So, you know, that, yeah. <laughs> I still think I, everyone complained that guy got a ton. I think he finally, he absolutely got the market value of that game ball. I mean, a Bitcoin's like 40 grand. And then you got season tickets for that season and the next season. And you got all the signed memorabilia. Yeah, he he got away. Okay, we can all stop feeling bad for that guy. Um, well, for the Packers, I mean, that's a million bucks worth right there to me, just because the wait list is ridiculous. So yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I will say this. You know, I will actively root for Bitcoin now. Let's see if our corporate overlord and I think Paul also got one. Uh, you know, maybe the price continues to skyrocket, and then suddenly they're you know millionaires thanks to Aaron Rodgers giving a million dollars of Bitcoin away today. Um, to the moon. I think that's what they say. I think that's what the youths are saying nowadays. Yes, yes. To the moon and back. Well, not back, but yeah. To infinity and beyond. Oh, no, that's Buzz Lightyear. Anyway. All right. I, I don't have anything else, Chris. Uh, do you got anything? Uh, no, just, I mean, obviously the Chiefs are kind of in a weird spot right now looking ahead. Um, I, I will not write Patrick Mahomes off at all because I'm nope. seeing a lot of stuff. What's wrong with Patrick Mahomes used to be, is the new what's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? And don't, don't believe it. Um, something's going to give back. I think they're already ahead tonight. I haven't looked at the score, but I've got Tyree Hill on my fantasy team and they're, he's already got a touchdown. So um, this might be a get right game for the chiefs. So it, it's going to be fun next week because we'll finally get to see Rodgers and Mahomes. We got robbed last year. This year we get to see it. You're right. We did get robbed. Uh, you know, I will say this. I think I know what's wrong with Mahomes. It's his brother, his brother's, so freaking annoying i can't stand that kid yeah i mean that's something i think um do i want to do i want to get in the ride i don't think i want to say that about rogers i'm gonna zip my lip on that one oh, no <laughs> annoying anno- annoying brothers or something both quarterbacks have in common so i'll get it out there uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah i sorry jordan sorry sorry luke I'd, i'm um, not sorry i'm not sorry about you I'm not sorry about my Jackson comments at all. And, you know, okay. I'm okay with your, I accept your Jordan comments as well. Yeah. That's, okay. Good. Good. We're on the same page there. That's excellent. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to stay tuned the rest of the week for the Acme Packing Coming feed. We are on every Tuesday. Feel free to leave us a review. Tell us how beautiful our voices are. You know, always love hearing that. Or just call Justice and text uh, Justin and Ted. Really enjoyed that review. Uh, that'll do it for here, us here, uh, Chris and myself. We love gold. Thanks, guys.